Can Samaji Pirine be the difference for you getting into the playoffs? Shouldn't activated Danny Woodhead be in your lineup this weekend? And does Jason Witten or Tyler Croft make for a stronger start in Week 11? Plus, the second-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, Robert Abbott drops in to talk about what waiver wire receivers stand the best chance at being top 30 wideouts the rest of the way, the effect that Nathan Peterman will have on Charles Clay and Kelvin Benjamin, and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts What now. more can I say? We top billing it. Valiant without billing it. Viciously found victory. Burnt towns and villages. Burning, looting, and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all that killers. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to tuck away. I don't work for free, I am barely giving a fuck away. So tell Big and Johnny and Mommy to get the fuck away. Hey, yo, here's a gun, son, now run, get it to gut away. Live to shoot another day. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. With your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you very much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, can you bench an active but hobbled Leonard Fournette? And should you actually sit Matt Ryan in favor of Blake Bortles and more? Uh, shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. However, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFF or at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFF hour. If you want to chime in and give us a call, please do. 347-426-3682. That's 347. Game over. Our email is highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. We have our producer and mutual friend, Rob, and our audio engineer, Bryce, monitoring that, and they'll get those emails to us in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. We have Robert Abbott, the second-place team in the Football Guys Players Championship, joining the show tonight before we get into uh, what he has to say and uh, before he educates us, which I am definitely looking forward to. A bit of housekeeping uh, next week. We will uh, be live at our normal 10, 9 central time, despite the holiday. Dave Gerzak will not be live. I will have a special co-host next week. Uh, and we have uh, Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown that is out fresh and hot. Yesterday, Justin McCord, former Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship overall winner as well as an owner of a 9-1 FFPC main event team and a 9-1 football guys team this year. The main event team is sitting in 35th place overall, so Justin has a chance to win even more money in the FFPC uh, again this year. What place is he in? Uh, 35th. That's pretty good. That's very good. Justin's a really, really good player. He is excellent, and uh, he brought a lot to the table in the show. David Hubbard also on this episode. A lot of uh, cool stories about what it's been like for him grinding all these teams out this year. Uh, interesting stuff. It's, I think he's looking forward to the end of the season. <laughs> is he? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's worked hard along with Austin Martin and Nelson Sousa. So 
Uh, props to him for uh, doing all these shows, which I really appreciate. He caught uh, Devonta Freeman on accident the other day. That actually came up in the podcast. Yeah. yeah. He said, oh, funny story, Bulky. Hopefully, you know, I feel like Trump, or, you know, getting those UCLA basketball players released. Yeah. Did he at least, did he at least say thank yeah, you to he me? he did. Yeah, he was very appreciative. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So I, and, I accept that. You know, you're welcome. David, you're welcome. <laughs> I'll pass that along to him <laughs> for sure. Um, so that is the Rotoviz uh, high stakes lowdown. You can get that at rotoviz.com slash podcast. Also on the Rotoviz blog talk radio channel. Enough of that. Let's bring in tonight's guest. He has finished in the top five of the fantasy championship and has three teams in the top 60 there again, right now, if the season ended today, all seven of his football guys, players, championship squads would make the league playoffs, including the one that currently sits in second place overall out of more than 7,000 teams. Very impressive stuff. And uh, we're lucky to have him on the show tonight. Please welcome in Mr. Robert Abbott. Robert, thanks for coming on the show, man. Well, hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. You bet. It's, uh, it, listen, it's always a treat. This is the highlight of my week. Well, this and doing the, the high-stakes lowdown uh, where I actually get to talk to people. Uh, without Dave around. Without Dave around. That's, that's the best part. Sure. Um, but, you no, know, talking to these high-stakes players who are enjoying a, a lot of success this year, like yourself, and, and certainly uh, reputation speak. That's pretty crazy that you can get – yeah, I mean, obviously you have to hold on to some leagues, as, as you said, or hold on to some leads, as you said, but you already have four of them locked in the Football Guys Players Championship playoffs, and uh, you could get all seven of them in. That's crazy. Yeah, well, obviously uh, I'm pr- pretty stoked by how things are going so far, so hopefully uh, week 11 goes well and uh, get all seven in. That'd be great. That's awesome. We want to get more into uh, fantasy, but before we do, uh, tell the listeners what you do for a living, Rob. I'm actually a self-employed real estate appraiser in Houston, uh, which is what all the uh, the cool guys do down here. Uh, but yeah, no, nothing uh, nothing too excited. I uh, own my own company, work from home, which gives me a lot of flexibility to run all these fantasy teams that I'm doing. So I, have a, I always I always have a weird question given your occupation. So do you ever get any um, <clears throat> people? Uh, Bankers saying, you know, hey Rob, can you give us a cup, like another hundred thousand on this appraisal because you know we we need to get this loan out here. <laughs> well, they definitely hint at that, and uh, you get some <laughs> people that are a little more aggressive and uh, wanting you to push value than others. But uh, you know, we we always maintain our independence, and we would never do anything like that. Obviously, <laughs> that's great. Very hey, Rob, can I do a walkthrough with you? We're, I'm going to walk around the property. Look at this. This is nice. Look, I got these statues over here. Yeah, you know. I got this pond in the back, but what is that worth? 50 grand, hundred grand. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Let me ask you a real question. <laughs> so you selected two tight ends and three running backs in the first six rounds, not drafting a second receiver until round seven, when there were already 35 off the board. Uh, what can you tell us about your typical draft strategy and how it applied to this team that's second overall in the FPC, as well as kind of the other six teams that you got going on? Yeah. I mean, the, the roster construction on this team that's second overall is, is, is very unique to how I typically draft. I mean, uh, definitely a, a more wide receiver heavy on most drafts, but I, I was picking at the back end of the first year and started with uh, Zeke and Gronk. And once I just, I, I, I really hadn't taken Elliott on many teams. And so once I did take him, I just kind of decided, you know what, I'm going to go, go a different route here and, and really shore up running back. And so uh, it just kind of played out that way that, you know, I took, Carlos Hyde in the third, and then Mark Ingram later on in the sixth. I was not going to take another tight end after I took Gronk in the second, but I had really been targeting Ertz pretty heavily on on most on a lot of my teams. And so when he was there for me at five eleven, I was 
I, I, I couldn't pass that, and I was pretty excited to get them there. And so, yeah, no, I mean, it, it was just it was definitely unique roster construction for for most of my teams, but it's certainly worked out so far. Hey, let me ask you a quick follow up. How mad were you when Ertz got like benched at the very end? You know, it was like right an hour before game time. You just you're like, what the hell is going on, man? Well, I mean, I, I mean that that actually is, cost me pretty bad because the the week that he got benched and, and didn't play was Gronk's bye, bye week, and so I took a zero at, at the tight end position uh, a couple weeks ago, whatever week that was. Uh, I guess week eight maybe that uh, or week nine that that Ertz was a late a last minute scratch. I had Gronk on bye, so I had no tight end that week. And uh, took a zero, so that that really hurt me in terms of getting closer to that number one overall spot. See what a great question, Bulk. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, let's talk about Zach Ertz here for uh, a little bit, Rob, because I'm he's been obviously crushing it. Uh, maybe the the most consistent tight end in uh, 2017 thus far. What was it that you saw in Ertz preseason? What was it that made you want to target him in all these leagues? Because obviously that was the correct call. So just, I guess, a couple things. One, the the natural progression of Wentz going into his second year and, in, you know, in Peterson's offense, I felt like he, he could take a step up. And then they traded Jordan Matthews. So there was a lot of targets open. And I've never been a Torrey Smith fan. And Alshon has clearly had his issues over the years. So but with the way that Ertz – finished the 2016 season I just thought he was in a prime spot to to continue the I mean he, he was putting up massive target and reception numbers at the end of last year and and a lot of that happened when Jordan Matthews you know in, in getting rid of Jordan Matthews it just seemed like there was a, a really good chance that that could continue so I was I was pretty high on him going into the year yeah, maybe we see the uh, career trajectory of Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz, similar to uh, what we've seen from Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. That was, is going to be something interesting to watch over the next uh, couple of years for sure. Uh, Rob, in this uh, Football Guys Players Championship team that's uh, sitting second place in the sixth round, you made Mark Ingram your selection. In the 13th round, you get Alvin Kamara there. Now, I certainly don't think that you were expecting Alvin Kamara to be a top 10 running back this year, but given... Uh, you know, the fact that you have both these guys in, on your team, did you ever expect that you would be starting them both weekly as much as you have been so far this season? I mean, who could, who, who could think that you'd be you starting two running backs? So not only starting two running backs on the same team, but confidently and feeling great about starting two running backs on the same team. I mean, I, I, I really just took Kamara because he fell pretty late, and I felt like he was just really insurance for Ingram uh, in case – he got hurt, and you know, at, at that time they had Peterson on the team, and I didn't think that uh, the Saints would use Peterson as a three-down heavy usage guy. So, you know, I felt pretty good that if, if Ingram went down, Kamara would step into a, a, a great role. So, really, I just took Kamara's insurance, really, for Ingram. And, you know, it's, uh, since, uh, since they traded Peterson away, I mean, th- those two guys have exploded, and it's uh, – it's been great. I mean, they've, they've, they've certainly carried me to where I've got so far. Yeah. Kamara and Ingram, I'm telling you, man, there's, I think there's a lot of teams out there that, uh, that drafted Kamara simply as a handcuff and never Dave thought that Kamara might even be the actual play on certain weeks over Ingram. And, yeah, and certainly to have them both 
in your same in the lineup at the same time has just been quite a blessing for everybody who's taken advantage of that and and blessing. A, a blessing and hung on to them too <laughs> because there might have been some some people that may have cut Kamara earlier in the year too oh, man, but so mad if I, I would be too hopefully hopefully that There's wasn't a spots, recurring theme anyway great job on that Rob so let me ask you about this <laughs> there's two waiver pickups that may play a big role for you as second flexes this week we have Dontrell Inman and Didi, I'm going to get 200 yards in my first week. Is that what he said? Did yeah. he say that? Yeah. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll see. Is either, are, are, is either, are either of these guys going to be uh, top 30 wideouts the rest of the way? I mean, who the heck knows, really. Um, not, neither one of them has a, are, are in explosive passing offenses. They don't you – know, they've got Bortles and Trubisky thrown to them. And really, they were just kind of cheap waiver wire options that I felt like were worth – we're worth adding for depth and just kind of a hold and stash to see what happens. I, I, I picked up Westbrook uh, across the board in as many leagues as I could about three weeks ago. I was really hoping that they were going to activate him as soon as he was eligible to come off the, uh, the pup list or the IR list. And unfortunately they, they're just now activating him for the first time this week. Uh, I mean, he's, he's in a great matchup in Cleveland and, you know, Hearns is down. So it's a, it's a good spot for him, but I mean, obviously there's always risk there when it's his first NFL game. We haven't seen anything from him. He's got portals thrown to him. So, I mean, I, I kind of consider both those guys just, you know, good guys to add it for depth and, and just kind of see what happens with them over the next couple of weeks. And hopefully one of them kind of establishes himself as, as a startable player that you can use in the, in the big money weeks later on in the season. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, let's keep it on the receiver tip. And we're talking with uh, Rob Abbott, the uh, second place team in the football guys players championship tonight. Uh, you, you obviously have a loaded lineup. If you did not have a loaded lineup, uh, you would not be where you are right now. And certain difficult decisions present themselves, uh, especially when you only have four teams on by this week instead of six. Uh, Jeremy Macklin is on your squad. He is currently on the bench for you. He's coming off a bye week of rest. And uh, he's facing a vulnerable Packers secondary in a game uh, where Baltimore is actually favored to win. Are you going to be able to work Macklin into your starting lineup this week? Or is he a guy that you think uh, you, you just can't make it happen for him this week and he's going to be staying on your bench? Uh, I mean, definitely, definitely a great matchup for him. Uh, I think that that's pretty much my only lineup decision this week is, is do I want to start Macklin or McKinnon at that second flex spot? Um, you know, if, if with a guy like Macklin playing Green Bay, it's it's I mean that's that's about as good of a matchup as you could have have. He's uh, definitely had more usage the last few weeks, uh, but at the same time McKinnon's been you know he's he's been really good as well. So I'll probably go back and forth on that decision uh, several times uh, before uh, kickoff on Sunday. Um, what do you guys think? Who would you start, McKinnon or uh, Macklin? Dave, do you have a strong opinion on? Well, with McKinnon, he's guaranteed to get some touches at least. You know, with receivers, you always have that possibility of a two for twenty game, and I, you know, Macklin always is getting dinged up and stuff too. I, you know, I just don't really. I'm not a big Macklin guy overall. I am pretty comfortably in the McKinnon uh, field for this game, and I, you know, trust your first instinct. You know, sometimes it's paralysis by analysis, and uh, you know, making that's the wrong the name call. Of this show, actually, paralysis by analysis. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand what you want the show to be. That I mean, we we're all about analyzing and par- paralyzing. Like, yeah, <laughs> paralysis by lack of analysis. Yeah, para- that's totally true. That right. that would be more apt, uh, more apt name. Back to the interview. Let's talk about Devin Funches. 
he's on your FFPC dynasty team. I have him on a couple teams myself. Very proud that I've retained him for so long after sucking early. Yep. Anyway, is he a guy you'd be looking to try and sell high this offseason, given his breakout numbers in 2017, or do you realize that he's a young player who broke out in his third year and you want to hang on to him? Objection, leading question. <laughs> That's right, counselor. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think he's a good guy to hold on to. I don't see a, a reason to necessarily sell high on him unless somebody really blows you away with a, a an awesome offer. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody knows really. I mean, his ceiling may not be – I don't think he'll ever be an elite – receiver um but you know they've traded away benjamin they, they kind of seem like you know olsen will be a year older next year and other than mccaffrey i mean he, he seems to be one of the few standout weapons just because curtis samuel is a smaller guy doesn't seem like he's ever going to be a go-to receiver so i, I mean I, I think the Sanchez is worth uh, holding on to and just kind of seeing how he develops as the number one for cam you know, and, and the other thing, too, to keep in mind is I think that Curtis Samuel and Devin Funches are more complementary uh, than, you know, similar type receivers. And you have to understand, too, that um, not and I'm not disagreeing with you, Rob, you have to understand that Curtis Samuel is now out for the season, which we'll talk a little, little bit uh, about later on in the show. But this is a guy that was already, you know, hurt during the year, had to adjust to the NFL. And now you think that a lot of the you know, the big jump that a lot of receivers make from year one to year two, that may not happen for him this off season. You know, it might take another year. So then that's another year for Funches to really develop a, a, a rapport with Cam Newton. They're playing very well the way things are set up right now. So I, I am, uh, I, I think Funches, I am all about that Funches, Dave, uh, for Dynasty for sure. Uh, his former teammate, Rob, Kelvin Benjamin, now in Buffalo. And we asked, asked this question. Can you make sure you pronounce Peterman correctly? Uh, yes, but I, I don't understand how it's not difficult. Go Nathan, Nathan Peterman. I mean, in whatever, whatever voice or movie genre you yeah. want to. Yeah. And Peterman, <laughs> the, the, Peterman? Heir, the heir, the heir to the Jay Peterman clothing line, uh, now running things, uh, running the ball, uh, Buffalo offense there, uh, for the bills, Kellen Benjamin, Charles Clay, what does Peterman mean for them? Is this good, bad, indifferent? How does this change their fantasy value? for the stretch run of 2017? Uh, I mean, I guess, I, I'd, I'd say that right now it, it'd have to be viewed as who the heck knows. Let's see what happens. Uh, I mean, to me, I guess out of the two, out of Clay and Benjamin, I would think it'd be more of a negative for Clay just because he's had multiple years to develop a, on the field chemistry with Tyrod Taylor. So with Taylor stepping down, you know, he, he clearly likes uh, dumping the ball off to, to Clay a lot. So you, you, know, you could see maybe there being less usage for Clay. Whereas Benjamin, he's just establishing himself in general with Buffalo. So it's not like uh, him and Tyrod had a long standing chemistry that they, they established together. So, um, I mean, I would say just off the top of my head, Clay, it seems like it's more of a negative for Clay. And, but, I mean, Heck, this week they're playing the Chargers, and their pass defense has been fantastic. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be excited about starting either one of those guys. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd have both of them on the bench and, and just kind of see, see how I – mean, nobody really knows what this Buffalo offense is going to look like with Peterman. Yeah, it's a team in flux, a team that's you know competing for a playoff spot, and then they bench their starting quarterback. They make the trade for Kelvin Benjamin. So there is a lot of change going on with this offense. Follow-up to that, Rob. Shady McCoy is, I mean, his stock, his production is really unchanged going from Tyrod Taylor to Nathan Peterman, correct? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're, you're starting Shady, you're, you're starting McCoy. I mean, what, 
you have him, you're starting him, right? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any, uh, any whether or not you consider this lowering him from a high RB one to a low RB one. I mean, what does that really mean? You're, you're starting right. him if you have him. Yep, makes perfect sense to me. Dave, you have a question about the Texans, or are you too busy talking about insects in the chat room right now? <laughs> no, look, I, look, we're talking about predators and prey in the chat room. Yeah, it's kind of like the NFL. Right. By the way, so this next question is about Bruce Ellington. Yes. And let me just tell you a quick little story. Does it have to do with a draft master's team last year? Yeah, my good friends Kurt and Draft Leroy, experts, I should say. They draft these live, you know, draft experts teams in Las Vegas. Yep. Two, I think two a year, two, two to three, but I think two last year. Usually two. And uh, they drafted Bruce Ellington on both of those teams. They were quite proud of it. Yep. It's a two-man tandem. Neither one of them happened to notice that <laughs> Bruce Ellington got IR'd on August 30th of 2016. And, and two-packer never let, the, yeah, let them run it down. Bruce Ellington makes – since then, if we're in the company of them, they get reminded of it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, he's healthy now. He is now. Yeah. So uh, Bill O'Brien still has a job, and he wants to get Ellington more involved with Will Fuller out. Patrick Peterson is expected to cover Hopkins because Arizona's defensive coordinator is a total moron and decided to reveal the game plan to uh, the Texans. I don't know if that's really... So does this have the makings of a good one-week start for Ellington? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean on paper, it's a great... I mean, great matchup. I mean, number number two receivers and slot guys have been uh, putting up big numbers against Arizona all year since uh, Peterson's such a good uh, shutdown corner on number one guys. So, um, and with uh, Will Fuller out, I mean, it's it's definitely a good spot for Ellington. But you know, I'll say I live in Houston, and I'm well aware of of Tom Savage's limitations and how bad he <laughs> has looked the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's been painful to watch uh, the Texans offense since Watson went down. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a good matchup on paper. And, I mean, if you have Ellington, this is one of the few weeks you'd actually want to get him on the field. Uh, but, you know, obviously there's risk involved anytime you're putting out a secondary receiver on a Tom Savage-led offense. So, the uh, only thing I will say is I'm, I'm in a pretty high-stakes competitive local league here. And the guy I'm playing against uh, this week is starting uh, starting him against me. So, uh, you know, there, there are people here that are, are proudly starting him, but the guy starting him also goes to strip clubs and Crocs. So take that with the grain of salt. Hey, I know that guy. Um, no, uh, uh, talk about DeAndre Hopkins here for a second. Um, obviously his, his uh, production is going to be lowered with, Deshaun Watson no longer throwing him the football for the rest of the season. Possibly. How? Okay, that's my question. How, how much? Because DeAndre Hopkins last week with Tom Savage, who w- was not good, but Hopkins ended up being a, a pretty decent fantasy play last week. Well, you know what I mean, if you're not a good quarterback, just throw it up to the best player on your team. Okay. It, it, now, as, as a guy who, who is, you know, in the shadow of the Texans, Rob, what do you think about Hopkins the rest of the way? Is, is, was it a mirage what we saw last week, or can he keep can he keep being like a top 15 receiver? Yeah. I mean, I think he can keep it up just because, I mean, I mean, obviously it's a tougher week this week with uh, Peterson shadowing him, but I mean, the, I want to say he had like 15 targets or something the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's, I mean, he's getting massive volume, massive target share. Uh, and so, and, and that's before, you know, Fuller's down now. So, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason why they're not going to continue to force the ball to him. And, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, Hopkins breakout year in 2015, uh, our quarterback was Hoyer. So <laughs> right. it's not as yeah. if, you know, it's not as if the Texans have ever had good quarterback play. Uh, so, 
you know, obviously he couldn't overcome Osweiler last year, but he uh, he put up massive numbers with Hoyer the year before. So I, I don't think that the Savage, you know, just crushes his value. I mean, he he clearly won't put up the truly elite numbers that he was putting up with Watson, but he's he's still going to be a, a top shelf receiver, I think. Excellent to hear. I I agree with that, and I own Hopkins in a few leagues, so I'm I'm it definitely makes me feel warmer and fuzzier about starting him. Let's get to a couple emails for you, Rob, from uh, listeners that came in this week. Uh, Kenny in Raleigh, North Carolina, writes, "Hi, Robert. FFPC scoring: Austin Hooper or Kelvin Benjamin? Maybe I'll tangle with you in the FPC championship round." Thank you for the email, Kenny in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I'm assuming this is a a starter sit question uh for this week uh and he's got to decide whether he wants to play uh austin hooper who is at seattle this week or kelvin benjamin who we already talked about going up against the uh los angeles chargers uh this week uh in uh in la so they're both on the road both going uh, across time zones here which one uh would you play if you were uh kenny uh rob would you be going with hooper or is it benjamin yeah, I think I'd slightly lean Hooper there just because uh, Benjamin, there's just more questions with Benjamin. Third week with the team, new quarterback on the road against one of the top pass defenses in the NFL. Uh, you know, Hooper, obviously he doesn't have a plumb matchup either, but Seattle's had several injuries now on defense. So I think I'd lean Hooper there. Yeah, Hooper it just seems like he's coming on too, which is uh... – and Dave, you'll appreciate this, by the way uh, – you know, I, I first league I've ever played in this year with tight end premium scoring, you know, um, I told you about this, right? Uh, possibly. Okay. Well, anyway, you know how we talk about like, oh, you can't be successful. Well, I guess you can be successful starting three tight ends a week, but I've been the last few weeks, I've been rolling with Jimmy Graham, ASJ and Austin Hooper. And it's been great. I'm loving it. I'm like, no, I know why people love the FFPC. Tight end scoring is awesome when you, right. when you have tight end to, to play. This is fantastic. This is so much fun. So it's been, it's been, a, it, it's, it's been great this year, and, and Hooper's been a big part of that. Uh, let's go to uh, Roy in Bridgeville, Pennsylvania. He writes, uh, hey, Rob, I'm current, I'm, I currently have the number one seed locked up in my, FF, in my FPC league. Um, any advice for me setting my lineups in the league playoffs and championship round? Roy in Bridgeville, Pennsylvania. Thanks for the email. This is always a popular question that we get this time of year. It's like, especially for people who haven't played necessarily in this format where you have the two week, you know, league playoffs next week and the week after, and then you have this three week championship round sprint. Sometimes I think people are worried about outthinking themselves. Sometimes I, I think they're, they're worried about, you know, just the, the team's, immediately next to them in standings rather than looking big picture. There's a lot of things to think of. What's the best piece of advice, uh, uh, Rob, that you can give them? Give Because you've been in this situation several times before. Well, I mean, the only thing I would say off the top of my head uh, that I've, I've done in those leagues that I've already clinched a spot is, is especially if, if he's uh, been streaming defenses, it's just to, to maybe look ahead to the playoff weeks to, to see what defenses have really good matchups to – grab those guys, you know, a lot of the waiver wire pickups uh, that people are looking at or maybe are, are focusing on this week's matchups with, for the defenses they're picking up. But if he's already clicked the spot, I'd be focused more on week 12 uh, and week 13, you know, moving forward to see what defenses you want to line up to have on your lineup uh, to, to, to take advantage of, of premium matchups. And it's easier now to do that, too, because you have this massive body of work of what these defenses have done throughout the season. I know it's important to look at 
maybe more recent games, then put more of an emphasis on those rather than what we saw in early September. But this is the best possible information you're going to get what we've seen already uh, this season. So definitely sage advice from Rob. Dave, do you have one final question for our illustrious guest tonight? I do, but I'm going to change it up. Okay. Uh, Rob, tonight is the dynasty trade deadline. I'm sure you're aware of it. Dun, dun, dun. It ends, uh, the, the trade deadline is a uh, midnight Pacific time, 2 a.m. Central, 3 a.m. Uh, Eastern. Burning the midnight oil tonight. 1 a.m. Mountain. No one cares. Right. So we need to know, instead of a stud that you're in a bench, we need to know a guy you're trying to sell in Dynasty Ooh. and a player you're trying to buy in Dynasty. I like Before this. For the midnight Pacific deadline. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, any, I mean, I, I guess in my Dynasty League, I, I don't even know if these guys have any value, but uh, in terms of guys that I would be trying to sell would be a guy like Jordy. Uh, just because oh, yeah. His value has just been absolutely crushed with uh, with Rogers gone. So, uh, if 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 uh, I, but I mean, it's one of those where everybody knows that. So I don't know how much value you're really you're getting selling uh, selling low there. So, um, yeah, but the, the the Green Bay uh, skill position players would be would be guys I'd be trying to sell if I could. But uh, more than likely, you're you're probably stuck with them. I have a sleeper buy. I think you and I are going to say the same player. Is it uh, Larry Fitzgerald? Yes, that is correct. Yes. What are you paying? I'm paying a 2018 second. I I would give that up for Fitz in a heartbeat. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think, Rob? You're going to get him the rest of this year with crappy quarterback play, probably. But what? Who cares? He still does well. And then, you know, after he takes summer classes at University of Phoenix Online's graduate school, the obligatory then, University <laughs> of Phoenix mentioned. He's coming back. He's got an extra year in his contract. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I think that's a great call. I mean, uh, the, the guy uh, guy puts up numbers every year, so I don't. I, no, no reason why his age thirty five season next year won't be any different than the last three years. So, uh, we'll we'll probably be sitting here a year from now talking about how he's on pace for another hundred catch season. So uh, <laughs> definitely a great call. I, I would say that the chances are are better that that would happen than not. Plus, next I have, year. I've heard he's going to the Larry Fitzgerald summer. You know. Oh yeah, the Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. He's going to it again. Yeah, well, that's good. You know, it seems like he goes to that thing every year. Every year, yeah. Yeah, it pays off for him. <laughs> uh, it paid off having uh, Rob Abbott on the show tonight. Rob, listen, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Best of luck in uh, all your fantasy championship leagues and all your football guys' leagues. Uh, this could be a banner year for you uh, with uh, having the second-place team overall in the Football Guys Players Championship. That is definitely awesome. Uh, you're on the cusp of it, man, and uh, now we're in for the home stretch. Thanks so much for uh, dropping in, sharing some knowledge, and we'll talk to you again soon. Hey, I really appreciate having me on. And before I let, uh, before you let me go, I just want to say hi real quick to my wife and my two daughters. Uh, they are completely not football fans, not sports fans at all, but they all thought it was super cool that I was going to be on the radio. So just want to say uh, hi to them. And thanks, what are their names? Thanks again, guys, for having me on. Well, thanks a lot. Well, we appreciate it, Rob. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah Rob, take it easy. Rob? Rob Abbott, ladies and gentlemen, great stuff from him. That was awesome. Uh, and saying hi to his wife. You know, we don't say hi to our wives and, and kids for putting up with our nonsense uh, with this show and fantasy football throughout the year enough. And, you know, with Thanksgiving coming up, maybe it's, it's time we say that. You know, whatever. All right. I'll thank my wife and kids, and I'll thank Dave's wife and kids, <laughs> wife and kids for, uh, for uh, putting up with us. Uh, good stuff there from Rob. A lot, uh, lot of lines in the water for him. In yeah. the championship round. That's yeah, that's great. If the season ended today, all of his teams would be in the playoffs. That's really like seven of them free rolling. That's crazy, man. That is crazy that's when great. you when you can uh, when you can get that. Um, let's uh, 
get into the uh, fantasy flash. We, we have a lot of starter sit questions tonight. I kind of want to save those for the end of the show because we might answer them, you know, through our own, own analysis uh, throughout. So that those will be coming up later on in the show. If you have one in the chat room, uh, feel free to post it in there. We'll, we'll try to get to those in, in real time and maybe bring them up on the show. If, uh, if it's compelling, uh, thanks to football guys, Roto pass, Roto world and Rob for tonight's rundown. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike McCarthy, big Mac said that uh, Ty Montgomery unlikely to play in week 11 against the Ravens. I do believe he has since been ruled out. Mike McCarthy said it is a not, it is not a long-term concern, uh, but Jamal Williams and Devonte Mays will be the top two running backs with uh I'm assuming Aaron Rakowski in for goal line. If the Packers offense moves it down far enough to have any goal line carries, Jamal Williams last week, Dave, 20 carries for 67 yards. And I'll say this. I said this on the, uh, but they're playing the Ravens. They are playing the Ravens. I said this on the, um, nevermore Appleton trophy fantasy football show, which you can hear on the score <laughs> wi.com at four fifty five central time. AM 1570, <laughs> so 95, three FM. I'm enjoying this now. We were talking about Jamal Williams, and I was like, 20 carries for 67 yards is not that great. Now, the guys I do the show with. Did you do the quantitative analysis? Did you guys actually uh, punch it up? We did not punch anything up. 67 divided by 20. The two guys I do the show with, are more they're more sports talk guys rather than um, fantasy guys. And one of them was saying, like, oh, yeah, Williams is making some plays out there. Thank you. He's like, Williams is making some plays. I'm like, yeah, 20 for 67. That's not that great. They're like, well, he got some big first downs. Well, it doesn't really matter whether they were big first downs or what. I mean, we care about the he numbers. Been, yeah, 10 of his carries might have been on third and one ball. He who, if they who, were one and a half yard it, But it doesn't matter. I mean, like, you're still – it was still awful. I, I'm just, I am not excited uh, for this at all. Now, and, they, and Jamal Williams has kind of been a polarizing type guy. If you listen to the ESPN Fantasy Focus podcast, Mike Clay, a uh, friend of the show, and Field Yates were both very pro Jamal Williams really? this week. They both have him in, in their ranks. They had him like as a top 15 back, which I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. That's and then you get other guys uh, like Sigmund Bloom was kind of poo-pooing Jamal Williams. And I think I'm closer to the poo-pooing side, but Matt Waldman kind of liked him this week. So it's interesting. It, what he does out there is, is going to be pretty compelling. And now that we know Montgomery's out, you're probably more likely to start Williams than not, but well, sure. it's going to be tough for me to, I, I, I think I own him in one spot and I, it, 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 he's a slam dunk bench for me. I would try to bench him if possible. I don't know that he's, I don't think he's all that talented. He's definitely not that athletic. Yeah. The team could be playing from behind. There's a definitely a decent chance. I think there's slight dogs. I'm not totally two, sure. Two point dogs. All right. Slight in, dogs. A, in a 38 to, uh, total with uh, yeah. 38 points. Yeah. 38. I mean, you know how many 38 total games there are nowadays? Nunca. Yeah. Never. You never yeah. see it. I read a stat today that Jim Harbaugh is like seven and two against the spread when in, he wears in his last. Pants? No, uh, John Harbaugh, excuse me. Oh. Uh, he's seven and two in his uh, last nine games coming off the bye against the spread. And they're obviously two point dogs. Okay. Mark Lawrence here with a playbook analysis. And there's another, there's another one too. And I, I can't remember what it was, but it was very pro. It was a very pro Raven stat. So I don't think Jamal Williams, I don't think game script is, is going to be good for him this weekend either. Yeah, I don't think so. So okay. whatever. Uh, and, and, and then, I mean, you don't have, you know, you don't have Aaron Rodgers, So it's like, he would, you know, open up the offense at least. Then you'd feel right. good about it. You're yeah. like, okay, well, they got to play cover two or cover three or whatever. Again, who cares? They just Huntley sucks. He never throws anywhere beyond like the five, you know, five or 10 yards downfield. Yeah. Why, well, I mean, why, that's, ever, that's, why that's, ever have a deep player? That's changing though a little bit. The last couple of weeks, it, it's changed quite a bit. Actually, his, uh, his yards per attempt has increased every single start so from far. From four to five to now six? No, it's not six. It's higher than that. Eight. I think it's probably right around there. Um, all right, moving on. 
Adam Schefter of ESPN reported that Devontae Freeman unlikely to play in week 11. I don't know if he's been officially ruled out yet. I don't, I think he's questionable. Is he not? He's not. Okay. I don't think he is either. This uh, could be a multi-week injury. Tevin Coleman obviously is going to be the man in that backfield. Uh, This is a Monday night game this week um, for uh, Tevin Coleman. He's in Seattle, Dave. I have him starting everywhere. Uh, that I own Coleman. Right. And I, I think that's a smart play. I don't, the Seattle defense is not your older brother's Seattle defense. And I think Coleman could make some waves being the man back there. Also catching passes out of the backfield as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if he finally gets the load of, you know, the, the most of the carries, but I mean, they keep on giving the ball to that other guy. Ward is his name. Uh, Teron, other- Teron Ward. Yeah. They, they still were kind of splitting time when Ward came in and when Freeman was out most of that game, they don't like giving they don't like giving Coleman the ball that much. That's my, that's my problem. Why did they draft him in the third round then? I don't know. I really don't know. By the way, Freeman, he might be sitting there watching in his hotel room, watching HBO, you know, nothing else to do. And what's on? The movie Concussion. <laughs> so he's got to watch Concussion while he's trying to recover from a concussion. That would really suck. Yeah, well, I mean, as long as you keep the brightness down on the TV and <laughs> lights off in the room, I, I think you're okay. I recommend Stranger Things otherwise. Uh, yeah, well, maybe he is going to be watching that too. I don't know what the TV viewing habits of uh, Devontae Freeman is or are. Uh, Redskins.com reporting Rob Kelly was placed on the uh, injured reserve list uh, this past week. So Rob Kelly, done for the year, will not be uh, in action for Washington the rest of the season. We see uh, Samaji Pirine and Chris Thompson being the main beneficiaries in uh, that Washington offense. You look at... um, the opportunity that's uh, that's presented uh, in front of P Ryan, and I, I I really I love P Ryan as much as the next guy, but this guy has done nothing with these opportunities. I think if anything, this is a boon for Chris Thompson, who I actually like this week. I think Chris Thompson. It, well, I mean, you're probably starting him anyway, but he's locked and loaded in my starting lineup in in every league I own him in. Dave, I am not. I, I mean, I don't know what it's what it's going to take for P Ryan. Maybe it's just going to take a, a year of being acclimated to the NFL. I'm just not very bullish on anything that guy is going to do the rest of the season, even sans Rob Kelly for Washington. Yeah, I agree with you there. Chris Thompson's the play. And I even think long-term P Ryan is just not going to be much of anything. I just don't really kind of a plotter. Yeah. Here's, here's a, here's it's like you take a crappy average guy with no pedigree and then you draft his, uh, his friend, whatever his replacement. And he's the same guy. A lot of the football guys. And I believe Cecil Lammy was one of them. They were talking up like, Oh, this guy's like Michael Turner. He's 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 another Michael Turner. It totally reminds me of Michael Turner. You and I were never really big on Michael Turner. Yeah, he all. was annoying too. Yeah, he never caught a pass. He he had that real monster season for Atlanta. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, he never caught passes. He was an accumulator, which you and I we don't like. And he's, I mean, after and after that, there's been a lot of guys similar to him that have sucked. So it's like, yeah. okay, well, if you have to reach back to like another generation ago of running backs to get someone that's a good comp, that's not good. Samaji Piran would have been great in the early nineties. I think his game would have been Maybe. awesome back yeah, then. Right. right now, not so much. This is an interesting stat, Dave. We talked about Jarek McKinnon earlier uh, when we had uh, Rob Abbott on and talking about whether he would start him or Macklin. You, all three of us decided that it was McKinnon was the play over Macklin. Latavius Murray has had four consecutive games with at least 15 carries. And Jarek McKinnon, outside of maybe one of those games, he's been pretty productive in, in all of them. Like, definitely worth a flex. Definitely worth, you know, like a, your, your second running back slot start. 
And so the fact that Murray is getting all these carries, it's not really making me shy away from McKinnon all that much. No, I would agree with you, actually. McKinnon's still getting his share of carries. I mean, what do you have, like... Oh, and, and not only the carries, but the catches, but the too. Catches. He's yeah, getting he's, all these touches he's getting. You know, starting, uh, what was it, week five or six, so six catches, five catches, three catches, six catches, two catches. And he does, he scores touchdowns at a pretty decent rate. He's yeah. Four touchdowns in, what, the five games he's really been, you know, a, a key guy on the team. Right, yeah. They're, they're splitting carries pretty well. Yeah, they are. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think you look at... Uh, if you're worried about McKinnon coming off this poor week last week where Murray was really the man, don't be. I think I you really, can still start him. Really no, like it's not a great him. matchup this week, yeah. but I think you can still start him. I'm sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say, I would really love to see McKinnon actually as like a feature back somewhere where someone's like, Jared McKinnon's our guy. You know you what? Know? And just see that happen. Is he a free agent? After He's this a free year? agent. You know what? Good for him. I hope he actually gets paid by somebody smart. It would be really funny to me is actually if uh, – Belichick signed him and then cut like the three other running backs to keep on sucking up the wind of everybody else. And, okay. he, and he comes out and says that. I don't think he would Bill, never do that. I don't think Bill Belichick has ever cut a running back. I think he just gets, he, 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 acquires he, he acquires them and they just stay in that backfield. That, yeah. They, he kills them off. So they don't no, that's, away. that's not true at all. I read a great article and this is kind of an older article in ESPN, the magazine about how running backs based on the new um, negotiated uh, pay scale that they have for rookie contracts that running backs have really been suffering because of it, you have, um, you know, you have to sign this four-year deal. You come into the league, you're 21, 22 years old. You have to sign this four-year deal, and then usually the team, if you're good, they'll pick up your fifth-year option. So now you're not getting your second contract until you're 27 years old, and typically that's when you know you're you're plateauing out, maybe even going down a little bit for the majority of the NFL running back. So in 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 this article, and I can't remember who wrote it. It was one of the um, I can't remember who I, I I'm gonna butcher her name, but um, but it, it was, she came to the conclusion, running backs are under, under this scale, running backs will never get paid what they're worth ever. That's true. And, it's and really unfortunate. It's, it's, it sucks for them, but this is how NFL teams treat the position. And honestly, I think you look at it like maybe the, and to, to touch on a, on a dynasty aspect of this, maybe the way you run your dynasty teams is load up at receiver and tight end and, and just, and just try to keep that stable as strong as you can for as long as you can, and then just get hot with these running backs for two or three years, you know? Oh, the old zero RB theory. Not zero RB, because zero RB would say, like, you want to get, like, um, uh, like, a, like a Chris Thompson, you know, um, Alvin Kamara, Theo Riddick type guy. And those guys, I mean, they're not being pounded like, you know, Leonard Fournette or somebody like that. You know what I mean? Phrasing, yeah. All right, anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, but so that's the point is um, if you're able to get one of these three down behemoths um, and, and, you know, you use them up in those three or four years and then maybe you dump them off to somebody while, while he's still worth something. Maybe that's the way to go. Maybe that's the right way to do it. If I get a stud dynasty running back, I'm keeping them all the way through. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like David Johnson, like I have him a couple leagues or a few leagues, or whatever. It's like, all right, sorry, missed this season. We'll talk in a few Not years. We'll talk in a few years about Todd Gurley. You should sell me Gurley. Yeah, not even, now. Even like him. Not now. No, I like him. I like him just fine. Do you like him? Like him? Yes, I like him. Like him. All right. What about you? I'll give you Zeke for him. I mean, Karen. I was thinking about that actually this week. I, I mean, we can't do it anymore. The, the trade deadline was passed, yeah, but I was you're thinking, the commissioner, and the trade deadline is always too early. But yet we never change it. But go ahead. Well, I, this is the first I've ever heard that somebody wants it changed. 
You know why? Because everyone we, is. We can accept. We can make it later if you want. You know the whole thing. You know, like uh, which is worse, ignorance or apathy? I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> That's every person in the league. Yeah, and they're, and, they're, and Garrington. Yeah, yeah. They're all. I mean, no offense, Meyer. Not you. Everybody else. Not you. They're otherwise, <laughs> other than Meyer, and of course Eric and me. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm definitely apathetic. <laughs> they're all to that ignorant reason. and apathetic. Yeah. I, no one's gonna complain about anything. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. That's the that's the perfect. Uh, that's like uh, this country that doesn't vote. You know, I, I love it. Keep it status quo. Yeah. <laughs> Florida Football Insiders reported that Leonard Fournette's ankle is quote still not right, and he could be limited if he plays this week against Cleveland. Last week, T.J. Yeldon was in for 37% of the snaps in uh, for 54%, but did not play in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then when the game went to overtime, he actually came out for that. Chris Ivory only played eight snaps last week. Now, this is interesting because Fournette practiced in a limited fashion on Wednesday and on Thursday, did not practice at all today. This is a downgrade. I bring this up, Dave, because we saw this once earlier this year. Limited practice, limited practice. Friday, limited practice. Oh, they're just managing his reps. They want to keep yeah, him he's healthy. Out. He's out for And he's out. He's not going to play. Do you know last week was um, the first game of Leonard Fournette's NFL career he did not score a touchdown? Oh, really? That's yeah. Cool. I mean, all games that he plays in. So, uh, if you had, oh, I don't know, four hours left in your dynasty trade deadline and you own Leonard Fournette, would uh-huh. you be trying to deal him? Given that, that was a big concern before the draft, that his ankle is a, it's a, you know, a, an injury that's not going away. Yeah. He was talking about a Jai's knee, his knees, he fell in the draft. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Fournette, they were talking about it before the draft, but no one's really talking about it right now as this could be part of that whole big issue. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. I think that there's, there's something to be said for uh, a guy who is having these foot problems that has had them for the last couple of years and just can't uh, seem to be shaking them. I think – uh, I, so you're saying he, he misses this week? Yes, I think yeah. he misses this week. So he misses, and I think you try. I, I think you try and deal him in dynasty if you can. Okay, that's interesting. What would you take for Fournette right now? Somebody offers you. Um, I would take any of the other rookie running backs, with the exception of maybe Mixon. Even then, I'm not sure. But I would take Cook. I would take Dalvin Cook in, on IR. Well, yeah. What I if you're what if you're playing? Who never gets any rushing yards? I would take him for sure. What if you're in the thick of the playoff race? You wouldn't trade Fournette for Cook, would you? Yes, because Fournette's doing nothing for me as it is. Unless, unless me losing Fournette this week is like this massive deal. But you're going to lose him this week anyway, right? But I'm just saying if, if he's that much of a cog on my team. But if you're already doing well, you probably haven't been relying on Fournette. I don't know. He's season. been pretty good. He's been fine, but he's not like just crushing it. Yeah. Um, okay. What if uh, somebody offers you just a, a blanket first-round pick? No, it'd have to be like a top five next-year pick. Yeah. I would do that. A top five Check next year, I would do. First and a non-playoff se- team, I would do. First and se- playoff team offers you a first and a second round pick. Probably not, though. Okay. All right. Um, okay, so to dial this back to redraft, we, we know what the split was when Fournette was healthy, and it seemed like it was pretty Yeldon heavy. However, um, we've seen in games that Fournette misses, Ivory was, was in there quite a bit. If Fournette is out, and let's just say you have both Yeldon and Ivory on your team for the sake of this argument, which one would you start? Uh, I would have to go with Ivory, I think, right? I think I would go with Yeldon. Would you? I think I would. Playing less than, you know, 40, less than 40% of the snaps. That, but that was with Fournette healthy. All right, all right. You know what I mean? And Chris Ivory only played eight snaps that last week. All right, so that makes sense. I think, it's, I think it's Yeldon. Now, obviously, if Fournette's out, Ivory's going to get a lot more touches than eight snaps. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think it's Yeldon, but – and it's right. Cleveland too. This is a big deal. You're right, and they're going to – yeah, they will score a bunch of points. I would think. I would definitely think. <laughs> this is crucial. I guess I, I'm saying Yeldon. I'm staking my peerless – I'm not betting Yeldon. I'm staking my peerless reputation among the high-stakes fantasy football players. Balky is putting the stamp on Yeldon. Wow, that's impressive. Well, I mean, if I have to, if I have to go one way, that's that's the stand I'm taking. Yeldon over Ivy, uh, according to Jeff Cerebic, I'm probably butchering that name. Uh, he writes for the Baltimore Sun. He says the expectation remains that Danny Woodhead will return against the Green Bay Football Packers this weekend. Uh, this is a tweet he put out earlier. John Harbaugh has been non-committal. Oh, you mean so he didn't reveal what he's going to do, like the defensive coordinator for the Cardinals? I don't think that. That's like, I, I don't think you're really. <laughs> This is annoying. Why do you tell the That's like saying like, like, that's like Mike McCarthy saying, well, we're going to start Brett Hundley at quarterback this week. I think it's just so obvious that I I just think that's obvious. I I don't, I think if you're, if you're Houston Texans um, offensive coordinator or Bill O'Brien or whoever, I think you're just game planning that Peterson will be on Hopkins. It just makes, that's just, it's bad strategy. The the defensive coordinator should lie like 40% of the time. Like, yeah. It, should, it should almost be like in poker where you just randomly make a decision. Like you don't, you're not sure what you're going to do. Are you going to have Peterson shadow him this week? No, no, that's it. Then they move on. And it's like, you well, on Tuesday, you're like, um, uh, Peterson, you know, he shadowed him the whole, the whole game Hopkins the whole game. So you told us no last week. Oh yeah. I changed my mind on Sunday morning. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't tell you guys. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, I know that's fine, but I would not just come out and give a blanket. No, I would dance around it. So you would make people work a little when bit you harder. Tell, no, when you tell a lie, keep it short. That's just, this is, you know, lies one-on-one man. But if you keep it, see, everybody, everybody knows that. So if he comes out and says, no, everyone doesn't know. No, if he, if, no, no listen, you listen. Know what? I don't, we've been thinking about Hen and Han. Yeah. The whole thing about no, 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 no one buys that. Here's what you say. Here's what you say. Okay. You don't just come out and say, no, he's not, he's not going to cover. And here's what you say. You say, well, you know, we, we have a lot of guys in our secondary that have a lot of different talents. And certainly you want to make sure that you are putting, um, you know, that you want to make sure that we're stopping, we're putting our best guy on their best guy to make sure that you, uh, you stop that, that, that weapon. However, we still don't, we don't really, we're not, no, we don't know how comfortable we want to be, you know, changing our whole defensive strategy around just because of one player. So I think if you dance around it, people read into that a little bit more and think that they're, they're figuring it out. If you just come out and say, no, I know it's a lie. I just know it's a lie. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. You're, you're lying now. The fact, yes, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm telling you right now that if I was a reporter and I said, uh, yeah, coach, are you going to have Patrick Peterson on DeAndre Hopkins all game? And he's just like, no. I obviously, right there, but that's, that's okay. yes. Okay, but that's the thing is sometimes you have to then, you know, do it. Like, you have to say no. Uh, and that's then fine. Actually, and I mean, not do okay, it. So like, to, just to keep, okay, so maybe the well, strategy half, is never, keep, never doing it the same way every time. 50% of the time you tell the truth, 40% you're lying. And then yeah. no one knows what the hell you're doing. Yeah, I think that's, you're crazy. I agree with that. Well, that yeah. is the way to do it. Crazy Eric Balkman, the D coordinator for the Cardinals. He said no. Is he covered? I don't know. I mean, who knows? Then you can't who knows? Yeah. Eric Balkman is no friend to fantasy he sure is crafty. owners. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, uh, John Harp getting back to Danny Woodhead. John Harbaugh has been noncommittal when he asked about Woodhead status for week 11. Uh, Zarebic is hearing Woodhead will be activated in time for the game. He has practiced all week, appears to be healthy after he has missed 
Uh, every game the Ravens have played in, save for maybe a quarter of action in week one. Alex Collins, uh, they've already said now this is uh, violating the Dave Gerzak um, uh, principle of uh, coaching. They said that Alex Collins is going to remain the uh, main running back even when Woodhead comes back. This is, you know, what I said from the get-go. When Woodhead comes back, Javoris Allen can be cut. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sad because I own him in a few leagues, but you might, you, might, you might be right. I was faced with an interesting decision in one of my leagues this week. I had Buck Allen. He was the worst guy on my roster, and somebody dropped Alex Collins. Oh, yeah. You got him. I did, but I yeah. cut Buck Allen for him. Well, I don't it, know how it, I feel about it that. It sucks when you look at, at, at Javarius Allen's, like, how many points he has, like 100-some points. He's Catching all those back. passes, yeah. Yeah, he's got all these points. I spent, like, probably 100, uh, 100. Um, well, yeah, like 100-some dollars of my $1,000 budget to, to okay. get Collins. So I, mean, that's, that's I don't know good. how I feel about it, but I feel like if I had to do it over again, I would, I would do it again to, I mean, who would you rather have the rest of the way? Buck Allen or Alex Collins? It's Alex Collins. So yes, I uh, sadly agree. My personal thoughts on that. Bulky thoughts tonight on the high stakes fantasy football hour. Enough of that. Let's get into fantasy feedback. Got a question for Eric Dave or tonight's guest? Send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Oh, that's it's always been great. If you're asking me to not change something on this show, <laughs> you can just go ahead and not ask me that again. Just All assume right. that it count on will that never. Yeah. Apathetic. Hashtag apathy. Uh, hashtag screw up by Balky. A um, couple other things I want to make uh, the point of before we move on to emails. Um, Danny Woodhead, we just talked about him. The Ravens, since week six, have completed the seventh most passes on a per game basis to their running back running backs in the NFL. Woodhead's going to get fed. Wood fed for Woodhead. Well, will he be hurt by the second quarter again? That's we don't know. We don't know. Uh, CJ, He's still on IR, right? The second. Yeah, he has not been. Um, I just checked with Sport Radar, the, the track. There you go. Sport and the stat company. Do any FFPC players ever get upset that a guy is still on IR? <laughs> like, what am I going to be able to? Because they can activate him whenever, right? Yeah, they can activate him whenever. Yeah, okay. You almost always, right now it's been the Curtis Samuel show where it's like, why can't I IR Curtis Samuel? Yeah. Because um, the Panthers haven't IR'd Curtis Samuel. Right. Well, when are they going to do it? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're a bunch of crazy people. You know Ron Rivera. Hey, uh, speaking of Curtis Samuel, he is out for the season with uh, those torn ankle ligaments. <laughs> Wait, well, Let me just say one other thing. Yeah. One, one person emailed me. This was like right after they announced he was going to be out for the year. And they're like, well, he had surgery and everything, and he's out for the year. And it's like, dude, he's still probably like – Swollen up. He's probably right. got like a week or two or That's three funny. before surgery. That's anyway, funny. Go ahead, so. Yeah. Yeah. He, he walked off the field. He's already got people were signing his cast. They, yeah. They took him to the, they took him right in there. Yeah. It's not open heart. You didn't get shot. It's not like, you know, he's got an open heart. Right. Problem bleeding out. He's fine. Um, Curtis Samuel, dynasty trade deadline tonight. Would you deal him for a future second rounder? Who's this again? So Curtis, Samuel. Curtis uh, Samuel. Yeah, I would actually. Really? Yeah. You're not big on Samuel. Actually, I drafted him in the second round in a lot of leagues. Yeah. But, I, you know, he's been, like, just okay-ish. And, I, you know, a lot of people say that he's a, a duplicate of McCaffrey's skills, but as a wide receiver. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of seeing that, even though that, you know, punches broke out and they got, you know, got rid of Benjamin. I feel like I said that to you. You did. I think and, you did. And I, but you, you and said, Balky, I didn't believe you. you are full of bunk. I did say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I not so many words. I said you were totally words. wrong. Yeah. 
and you were totally right. Well, I mean, I'm not totally right, but that's, again, you, it's way, you way it's looking. You are seemingly right at this time. CJ Proceis has been placed on IR by the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Pete Carroll's hinting that it's going to be Chris Carson or CJ Proceis that gets the uh, designated to return tag. But what you can realize for Proceis, if he returns, won't be back to the playoffs. So you can safely cut him in all leagues. He sucks. Anyway. What about Chris Carson? He doesn't suck as much. Would you look at picking him up for a potential week 15 or week 16 um, big time, you know, championship run? I hadn't really thought about it, but actually it does make some sense. Uh, if you have a, if you have a roster spot, if you have like an extra, an extra defense and you can still pick him up, you know, no need to keep him. I continue to see people pick up Aaron Rodgers, And I don't know if it was because he was throwing a towel at practice and, you know, he's actually, he looks good out there. Um, I said this before. I can't remember what show I said it on. I think now I think one of the, the six year on. Yeah, no, I, I think actually this is the only show I haven't said it on. Aaron Rodgers, if he comes back week 15, he's not one of these guys where he's going to be eased back in or he's going to be on a snap count. Like you would be worried about for a running back or receiver. If he's active in week 15, uh, you're starting him. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So that that's, and bye weeks are getting behind us. You're going to have open or open roster spots when you're, you know, you're trying to tighten up those benches a little bit. Spending a roster spot on on Chris Carson, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Gordon, Dave, right, might all be worth your while. You know, I mean, the, the Packers are not entirely out of the playoff race yet. If they actually get a win against Baltimore, they move to six and four. They're currently five and four. Yeah. There's Maybe. a lot of teams in the NFC, though, that are on the cusp of the playoffs. There's well, a lot. Okay, you got Rams are 7-2, Saints and Panthers. Saints are 7-2, Panthers 7-3. You're right. There's, a, there's, like, there's three 5-4 and four teams of which one are going to make the playoffs, and there's a 4-5 and five team, so yeah. one of those will make it. That's right. the sixth seed. Right. So, assuming that everyone else, you know, Saints, Panthers, Rams, Seahawks make it. Right. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, officially withdrew his uh, appeal. So now we know he will be back week 15, week 16. 16. Week 16? Not 15. Can't be back. Week 16 is not a good matchup for him, by the way. It, 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 like, there's, almost, there's, I think it's Seattle week 15 and like Philadelphia week 16 or something like well, that. You know, Philly's not that great at defense. I mean, their past defense is worse. Would you cut him at this point? I mean, if I had a really, really good team, I would keep him. Okay. And so, do, you have, do you have – here's the other thing I, that irritated me. The, the Cowboys literally got blitzed. Um, from the get-go, Adrian Claiborne, six sacks by himself. I don't think he really got to see what Dallas wants to do with that backfield. Right. Rod Smith definitely was the leader in snaps in the backfield over both Morris and McFadden. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any more clarity. I don't have any other information to, like, other than to say you probably don't want to be playing any of those Cowboys running backs. Yeah, their running game is not going to be very good. I mean, Elliott is a really – I mean, he is one of those difference makers at running back. It's kind of like a Le'Veon Bell type. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on. Rich, I'm sorry, who is the Le'Veon Bell type? Elliot? Yes. Okay. <laughs> wanted, I wanted to make sure you weren't kind talking about Rod Smith. Kind of a Todd Gurley type. I got it. Thank you. Similar value. Right. A, a rebuilding team I prefer Elliot. I'm not rebuilding. I am not <laughs> rebuilding. You're retooling. You're re- refreshing. No, I'm not even doing that. I'm just loading up for another high draft pick next year. <laughs> You're not going to make the playoffs this year, so you have to. You know what's funny is. Subsequently move on. To the I don't college. know how it's possible, but you remember I said like, a couple of weeks ago, oh, Dave, I'm only two victory points out of the number one pick and two victory points out of um, oh, yeah, the last spot in the playoffs. Please now, give me the update. I don't know how it's possible. I'm five both ways. I'm five out of the number one pick, <laughs> and I'm five out of the last spot in the playoffs. Wow. I don't understand how fantasy works. Five victory points? Yes. 
Des Bryant value at the end of the season from Wasp guy uh, for Dynasty. I am souring on him too, big time. Yeah, I mean, he's, it's, the, it's the same old, same old. He just doesn't produce. He, the only it, thing he does do, actually, unlike Julio, Julio, hey, Ken, you should watch Des. He scores touchdowns once in a while. Yeah, once in a while. It's so fun. You I can understand. watch Julio, and they just don't even throw to him. Right, they throw it to Sanu or to someone, anybody yeah. else. Hooper. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, it, people make the argument, well, you know, he's bulky. He's been dinged up this year. He's dinged up every year. Plays through a lot. He's a warrior, but you know he never takes the time off to get healthy, and you know gets six for fifty. If I could get a ra- any random first round pick, for Des, you oh, do that sure. right now for sure. Really? Yeah, Interesting. absolutely. Any ra- any random pick, yeah. any random first. So the okay, well, hold, me... hold on, hold on. Right. After the because trade deadline's passed um, in Carrington, it's not an FFPC for the purposes of this argument. Let's say Team X wins the league. And they offer Team Y the 112 for Des Bryant. Should Team Y accept that? The 112, Dave. I'm t- if I'm if I don't totally need Des for some reason or other, I'm taking it. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm dumb. I'm really sick of him. He's just not. He's not aging well. He's like a wine that's been left out yeah. for three days, and, he, and all of a sudden the cork was rotten. Yeah. Uh, Richard in Port St. Lucie, Florida, has a Chris Carson question. We're going to skip it because we kind of answered it already. Uh, thanks for the email, though, Richard. Paul in Jersey City, New Jersey. I am trimming my roster now for the home stretch. Is Jameis Winston worth keeping around, or should I be looking elsewhere for quarterback help? My other quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger. Appreciate it, gentlemen. That is Paul in Jersey City, uh, New Jersey. Um, obviously, you're happy with Roethlisberger last night. I don't know if I would condone keeping one quarterback, um, you know, for the rest of the way, but I don't know what there is to say about Winston. You know, he's in the news again for the wrong reasons. We don't know how long he's going to be out with this shoulder thing. It, it kind of depends what's out there. I mean, Blake Bortles, Jay Cutler, Josh McCown, would you rather have any of those guys over Winston the rest of the way? Man, I'm trying to think. When is he supposed to be back? Is that, is there- we don't know. He, it was multiple weeks. It was supposed to be at least two. Yeah, and so then, and then on top of that, the NFL is investigating this allegation. And, so and he was—he hasn't really been that good this year either. Well, he's—he's been—he's been all right. He's been okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, hasn't. Been he hasn't been, no, no I know you're right. You're right. So I, I have a feeling that he won't be rushed back, if, if given like you know the, kind of the current climate, especially with like the you know the sexual harassment and all the things that are going on right. just overall. I think the NFL does not. I mean, if they're smart, they'll be like, "Look, keep Jameis, you know, shelved up for the rest of the season or something like that." Yeah. Their team has—they have nothing to play for. They have no reason for Jameis to even come back and play the rest of this year. They're yeah. not going to make the playoffs. They would I mean, almost rather not. Exactly, want, yeah. Exactly. They do the old NBA tanking strategy to the sum, you know, slightest extent possible. Yeah. Um, I would pick up somebody else. Yeah, I'd be willing to. Any of those guys? Would you rather have over Winston the rest of the way? Yeah. So who, it was, was Cut, Cutler, Cutler, McCown, and Bortles. I just said off the top of my head. Yeah. 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 Actually. Paxton Lynch. No. I would think Fitzpatrick. You know. Fitzpatrick, yeah. I mean, not the, he had 15 points last week, which kind of sucked. But Joe Flacco. I mean, now you're getting bad, but I mean, he's a really high-paid player, right? He's an elite quarterback, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, you know, it, you, you have to have somebody as a backup. So it's like, yes, anyone who's playing. Sure. Okay, fair enough. George in Miami, Florida, is Jonathan Williams a lottery ticket type running back? You guys are adding now that he's a saint. We know that the New Orleans running back uh, position has been a cornucopia of fantasy goodness oh now that it's thanksgiving we can bust the cornucopia <laughs> line out very nice um jonathan williams signed off the denver broncos practice squad this week he goes to the new orleans saints active roster if ingram or Kamara were to go down knock on wood 
Uh, what about Jonathan Williams? This is a guy that a lot of people were excited about for dynasty purposes, and there's some talent there, Dave. Yeah, there's some talent. I would actually classify him as a true lottery ticket in that the odds of him producing are similar to a lottery ticket, which is not good. So I would not be picking him up. You would find a better use of that 20th roster spot than with Jonathan. Yeah, I'd rather have a uh, second defense. What if you had Kamara or Mark Ingram on your team? Yeah, I'd maybe look at it, but yeah, that's a little – I just – I don't know. I don't because, know reason. you know Ingram, – Ingram's not a get-hurt type of guy, and – Kamara, I'm going to keep pronouncing his name wrong. Yes, I know. And you always say that every week, too. I'm going to keep saying it, too. Yeah. Hey, did, where did Larry Fitzgerald go to college, by the way? <laughs> Arizona State. Oh, thanks. State Great. Phoenix, uh, on, the online right. Phoenix. Anyway, yeah. whatever. No, I don't want to. Okay. Williams. All right. Uh, blind resume. We love these. You ready? Mm-hmm. This one's from Garth in Toledo, Ohio. Hey, oh, Garth. Hello, Joe and Steve. Who am I? Over the last three weeks, I am sixth in the NFL in passing yards with 749 and fifth among quarterbacks with 71 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. 71 rushing yards, two touchdowns. This all despite my best receiver going on IR, my starting running back sitting in seventh place over the same time span among running backs, and my coach not even confirming I will start this week. (laughs) Who am I? Good luck. That's Garth in Toledo, Ohio. What was, okay, good. after best, that was actually a lot of hints. Best receiver on IR, and then what was after about the, about the running back? Uh, the his starting running back is uh, seventh place among running backs over the same time span. Over those three weeks, right? Best receiver on IR. Why am I? I mean, I'm totally drawing a blank on that. That's my problem. Okay, let me know when you give up, and I will give you a a, <laughs> a, a hidden hint in here that. Uh, all right, might, so he's 16 help. yards over the past few weeks, 71 rushing yards, best receivers on IR. Um, I'm guess, so I'm guessing we and his, and, his, we, and his coach won't confirm that he's starting this week. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of a guy who's only started for like three weeks. Why otherwise? Why would you only? I, three weeks? Yeah, he's probably he's probably started right around three weeks. I would say. My this might be all since he took over. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, it's nothing's really coming to me. So okay. It's not okay. Osweiler. He hasn't been playing long. No. Nope. It's not Fitzpatrick. He hasn't nope. been playing long enough. Nope. Neither one of them are actually doing all that well. Right. Um, Josh McCown? It is not Josh McCown. All right. So I, I don't know. Okay. So here's the hint in, in the, who he addressed it to. He said, hello, Joe and Steve. So you think about famous quarterbacks that maybe played for the same team as this guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Bethard? C.J. Bethard. Ah, uh, yeah. So there nice. you go. Pretty crazy that he's crushing it like this, man. Yes, he is. Um, would you, he looks you... like he should be driving like a truck. Like, yeah. You know, he's got the... We've got a stash going on. Here, here's an interesting conundrum. Who would you rather have uh, the rest of the way? Uh, whoever wrote that question about his other quarterbacks, Roethlisberger, Paul in Jersey City, uh, New Jersey. Would you cut Jameis Winston for C.J. Beathard right now? Oh, for sure. But he, Beathard could be losing his job to Garoppolo. That's all right. <laughs> That's not all right if you need to start a quarterback. Well, then you cut Beathard and you pick up Flacco. No one's picking up Flacco. <laughs> Flacco's just showing out. He's smoking. He's what, okay. the color at the cigarette machine. Well, what about when, smoking Newport Lights? What about when rosters lock? I suppose you have a few weeks to make that decision then. Well, yeah, at that point you make that decision. All right. Teddy and Taylor, Michigan. Hey, Balky and Dave, would you guys start Corey Coleman over LeGarrette Blount and Terrence Williams this week? I'm hurting with no funches in T.Y. Hilton. Thanks, oh. Teddy and Taylor, Michigan. I might start Terrence Williams, actually. Over Corey Coleman in his first game back? Yeah, I can't. Off-er. I, I really can't know if I can trust Corey Coleman coming back. 
Um, yeah, Terrence Williams, though, he's, he's had that, how many good games did he have? He had nine for 145 two weeks ago. Just flat out crushed it, and then he caught one pass last week. Yeah, maybe, you know what, maybe I would start Corey Coleman. Well, what about LeGarrette Blunt in a game that they should be winning yeah, against Dallas? Yeah, going to be like. But, okay, I guess Blunt, you're only, counting on the touchdown at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, they're only four and a half point favorites, and it's a road game. So, I don't know. I mean, they may be winning. Do you think Ajayi gets goal line I would, with Blount there? I don't know. I, actually, I would have to guess no if they're actually going to keep using them. Yeah. I don't know. That, cause that's an, and that, that's going to – I mean, people are wondering about – because I know Frank Wright came out and said, like, look, we want to – Ajayi's – yeah, they said, you know, with an extra week, you know, to get the bye week, he's more acclimated to the playbook. He's going to get a larger – Role in the backfield. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I guess it's just. I guess if you drafted a guy, you're trotting him out there. You can't really. Yeah, I mean, you can't really bench him. I would say within from the five to ten yard line, the guy is still in there. Maybe only if Blunt's in there at like the one. Literally goal line. Yeah. Literal goal line. <laughs> George and Champaign, Illinois. Who should I start this week? Rex Burkhead at Oakland or Amir Abdullah in Chicago? Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for the email, George. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours too, buddy. Burkhead or Abdullah? one you like i'd probably lean towards abdullah i would go burkhead all right um but it's close i mean i could i I don't i don't think i've ever started amir abdullah and been like you know i'm really glad i did that (laughs) you know what i mean yeah like where you look like even when i'm clicking the box or you know moving i'm just like oh god but but yet burkhead gets you going oh yeah (laughs) patriots backfield he's crushing it man he's catching passes yeah he's a four-sided die but but every Every side, it doesn't. That's the perfect die you want to shake because everything's <laughs> a winner. Dungeons and Dragons everything's with a four-sided die still. Listen, you know my point. Like whatever <laughs> comes up, it seems like it's a winner with the Patriots backfield. Yeah, now yeah. Gillisley is the one, and I cut. I, it's only a three-sided. I had yeah, I had Gillisley in one league this year, and I just cut him this week. I gave up on him. After, you know they got Burkhead and White and Lewis. I'm in one of my dynasty leagues uh, with uh, where I've really. Cra- oh no, this is a Kentucky league. I think I have crappy running backs. And one of them is on bye this weekend. Oh, McCaffrey's on bye. So I have uh, um, Deion Lewis and James White in there. See what oh, happens. That's fantastic. Enjoy. It's not fantastic, but it is going to be interesting. I just realized the pyramid actually still has uh, four sides. Or yeah. sometimes more. Um, what size does the pyramid have? Five? I, I, four or five? It six, could, yeah. Eight, three, three, four. Thirty sides? I, however many facets you want to build on a pyramid. How many sides do the pyramids have? Remember that? That was like the Rubik's Cube alternative? Uh, four, right? No, it's five. Was it? It was five. Did you have one? I probably did. Yeah. That was a big thing in the late eighties, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. How old were you then? Like seven? No, I was like ten in the late eighties. <laughs> I was uh, older. Mike in Irvine, California. Emmanuel Sanders or Robert Woods this weekend, guys? Manny Sanders, Dave, is playing football for the Broncos at home against the Bengals, and uh, Robert Woods is that big showdown at Minnesota. So you playing Woods at the Vikings or are you playing Emmanuel Sanders at uh, home against the Cincy Bengals? I'll play Sanders at home. I think Sanders is a better talent, more talented player and the defense is not as good. Yeah, I'm with you. We, we got a lot of starts. Okay. So the pure minx only has four total sizes. That's what made it always screws me up. Ah, okay. Interesting. All right, go we were talking on the show last night. Those guys were all bullish on Robert Woods. How can you bench Robert Woods? How can you bench him? Blah, blah, blah. Because he sucked for his entire NFL career until recently. But we're living in recently. So I think that's <laughs> what that, that's where the uh, conundrum is. I guess. Brian in Lexington, 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 Kentucky. What's up, Bruce and Clark? Trying to get into my football guys playoffs, fellas. Who gets me there? 
Jason Witten hosting Philly or Tyler Croft at the Broncos. Please give me justice. That is Brian in Lexington, California, California, Kentucky. Uh, You're not seeing Justice League, right? You have no interest in this? No, I don't don't really like superhero movies. I know, but you said you liked the new Spider-Man movie. I mean, I was forced to go to it. Oh, okay. I I realized somebody had a gun to your head and said, see this movie. Don't close your eyes. You know, when your wife asks you to do something, it's kind of like a gun to your head. It's just not. I, I am so lucky to live in a great marriage. Or it's a lock to your, it's a lock to your pants. Right. <laughs> Chastity belt. Pretty much. Um, okay. So getting back to uh, reviews are terrible, by the way. Um, are they really? Oh, God. They're, they're, they're expensive they purposely, too, like they purposely did, Rotten Tomatoes did not release its rating until like um, the film was actually like, you know, got its early release because they didn't want it you know, influencing whether people would see it or not. Yeah, that usually means you it want, blows. You want to take a guess at what it was? What? Rotten Tomatoes score for Justice League? Uh, 27. It was 40 um, that's initially. That's now, close. Suicide Squad and Batman versus Superman, those are like 22 and 23. Really? Yeah, those are terrible. Oh. Um, I found out last night from our mutual friend Jared at uh, our local watering hole um, that it is now down to a 36. <laughs> so in one day, it's, it's gone down. So, yeah. There's no justice. No justice for the Justice League. I'm still going to see it. Um, anyway, getting back to this. Jason Witten or Tyler Croft this week? Who are you playing? Uh, okay, so let's see. Dallas is playing Philly at home. Yep. And Croft is playing Denver at home? They're at, uh, no, they're in they're Denver. In Denver. Yep. So Croft at Denver. Uh, for what it's worth, Jason Witten. Playing under the lights of primetime football. You know what? I'll, I'll play Witten. I would, too. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I, I think the easiest way to replace that Elliott running game is, is short passes to Beasley and Witten. So I'm mm-hmm. going to stand by that. Nice. Um, thanks. Uh, hi, Eric. It sure isn't to does, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, hi, Eric and Dave. On the surface, this is easy, but I'm not so sure. Matt Ryan or Blake Bortles? That is Russ in Getzville, New York. Now, obviously, the slam dunk answer is Matt Ryan. However... Matt Ryan going across three time zones to play the Seattle Seahawks this week. And uh, Blake Bortles traveling north to face the Cleveland Browns with potentially no Leonard Fournette. Bortles coming off a game where he threw it 51 times. Who are you playing, Ryan or Bortles? You know, you make a good you know, case there for Bortles. Yep. I'm still going to have to go Ryan. I would, too. This is a Richard Shermanless uh, Seahawks defense. It sounds like Earl Thomas is going to play. Um, but, uh, I, you know, it, it, keep it simple, stupid. Right. And, and we'll apply the Eric Balfman logic. Who, what, what guy is going to piss you off more if you benched him? <laughs> and clearly if I, if I make the wrong call and I start Matt Ryan and Blake Bortles outscores him, I'm like, eh, you know, that's fantasy. Yeah. If I make the wrong call and I start Blake Bortles and Matt Ryan goes off be like, what in the hell was I thinking? Well, keep in mind too, with the Atlanta Seattle game, those, you know, Seattle's defense is supposed to be so great. They give up points like you were kind of hinting at. I mean, this game could turn into a shootout. I mean, they both have really good offense. Yeah. Now you look at Bortles at Cleveland. Now that game could turn into a shootout or it could turn into a total dumpster fire. I think it's going to be a dumpster fire. Yeah. Or it's going to be like 14 to nine is the final. It's like, all right, you know, Jacksonville threw the ball like 17 times because they didn't have to, even yeah. with a bad running game. The, uh, you want to take a guess at the total on that Jag- Jaguars Browns game? Jaguars, uh, 39? 37. Wow. Yeah, and the total on that Falcon Seahawks uh, game? 44 and a half. 45. Damn. That was good. pretty close. Yeah, it was very, very good call. Final email tonight, Jim in Lexington, Mass. Uh, no Doyle, McCaffrey, or ASJ for me. ASJ, isn't he back this week? Or are the Jets on by this week? 
Uh, do they play BYU? I gotta look at this now. <laughs> I thought they were playing. Oh, you know what? They are on bye because I I screwed up. I I um I don't have a tight end in one of my leagues, <laughs> and so I had to put in for a bunch of them. Oh yeah, for tonight for Friday the the, dawn, the terrible Friday night. Winners. I have screwed up so many kickers this year. <laughs> like I I'm setting my lineups on Thursday. I'm like, what the hell? Where's my kicker? And somehow yeah. I never. I haven't started anybody with a zero yet, but it's been close. Thank I, God I, for this second waiver period. I always do at least one. Um, or, no, or a guy who's like, you're like, oh wait, he's he's hurt. He's hurt. He's yeah. on IR. Yeah. So I haven't had that issue yet. <laughs> no. Do you really roster guys that you don't realize they're on IR? <laughs> no, no. Okay. It's not if I can avoid it, unless the team is like two and nine in, or two and eight in Kentucky. It's right. Like, All right. Whatever. I get it. No Doyle, McCaffrey, or ASJ for me, so I'm rolling with a different flex to try and get my main event team in the playoffs. Good luck. Dion Lewis or Ted Ginn, that is Jim in Lexington, Mass. So Dion Lewis this week, Dave, is uh, playing uh, against the Raiders in – oh, that game is – it says at Oakland. That game is actually in Mexico City. I'm remembering this. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So Dion Lewis in Mexico City against the Raiders or Ted Ginn in – New Orleans against the Washington football Redskins. Uh, uh, Yotomo Dion Lewis. I'm too kind of excited about this Mexico City <laughs> thing. I think I would leave towards Me gusta Dion Lewis. Yeah, uh, Ted Ginn has been no bueno for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and uh, Willie Sneed, his snap count keeps rising. We've seen what Kamara and, and Ingram continue to do for New Orleans. So I, to hell with it. I'd, uh, I'd play Dion Lewis. Para mi 25 puntos. Um, I'm, I'm sorry? Uh, 15 points. Oh, okay. And I might have screwed that up. Luckily, uh, I thought that was 20. Wait, that's what it is. Okay, so uh, that's 25 Cinquenta? Points. Is that what it would be? Uh, yeah. Quince. Oh, Quince. Yeah. yeah. No, that's 16. That's Quinceiera. No, 14, 15, 16. DSC 6. DSC 6, DSC 7, DSC 8, Congratulations. We both just 21, 22, 23. Spanish 1. Yeah. Good job. I don't even know if we passed Lunes, Martes. We did pass this show, thank goodness, right through our duodenum. I want to thank uh, Rob Abbott for coming on the show tonight. Uh, I want to thank Dave Gerzak, the FFPC. Rob Bryce, and of course, all of you. No Dave Gerzak next week. Uh, I will be on at our regular scheduled time, 10, 9 central, with a special co-host. Uh, we'll announce that next week. Uh, high stakes lowdown next week. We have Nelson Sousa and of course, Chris Puhovich, uh, who has been on this show before, and he is uh, going to be joining me on the Thanksgiving episode of high stakes lowdown. That'll be very exciting. Check that out on Thursday morning. If right before you have your Turkey, let's download the high stakes lowdown. <laughs> wet, wet the old appetite for uh, Wake dinner. Wake yourself up before the trips to pancakes. Early lineup submission. Remember, Lions kick off early on Thursday. Make sure you get those lineups in. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I uh, really appreciate you guys listening. And uh, good luck on all your games. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. That was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dog, stay on the court. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Where you get that from? Good travels to you, my friend. Oh, thanks, man. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your wonderful family. Are you doing anything special down uh, in uh, Florida for Thanksgiving? 
Are we going to CJ's on the Bay? I will have steak, lobster, and uh, try and get drunk. Ah, just like bit. every one of my Kathy, Thanksgiving. Kathy, here are the keys. Yeah, awesome. 